Jewish audio on Kaban.org. Rambam, Mishnah Torah, Hilchais Meiser Sheni Benetar Avaya, the laws of the second tithe and the fourth year produce, Padik Shmini, Chapter 8. I want to once again point out the premise upon which this chapter is built, and that is that Meiser Sheni is very holy produce. Even though it doesn't sound that way because the farmer is going to eat it himself, he's going to invite his friends and family to his hotel in Jerusalem, and they're just going to eat it and drink it. Nevertheless, it is sacred. And we learned earlier in the previous chapter that if my Sashani is consumed inappropriately, that we have to consume other produce in its place in Jerusalem. So now, the question is, what takes on the sanctity of my Sashani and what doesn't? So now we come to these laws of Aleph 1, Halekeach Behema, Leziv Cheshlam, and we learned earlier that one of the favorite targets of Maaser Sheni money is to purchase an animal for a peace offering. Bringing an animal to the Holy Temple for a peace offering because the donor, owner, gets to take the bulk of the meat back to his hotel and invite friends and family to eat. Perfect for my Sashani. Or another scenario. Vechayo, he buys a non-domestic animal such as a deer, Lifsar Taiva, to eat. Just regular, non-sacrifice eating. The actual language here is Bisar Taiva, meat, which he desires to eat. If the seller is a lay person, not a businessman, and he doesn't know the ins and outs of sales. The issue at hand is, the animal skin is valuable. Did the animal skin take on the sanctity of Miser, of Miser Shani, or did it not? And there's a big difference, because if it did, it has to be treated one way. If it didn't, it has to be treated another way. And these are these complex laws which we're about to learn now. So he says, if the seller was a layperson and not a professional animal salesman. So he has no idea of the tremendous value of animal skin or deer skin. Then the animal skin becomes everyday ordinary money. Because the guy who sold an animal, he doesn't do this for a living he just sold the animal, and in his mind, he sold it. He got $100 for it, or $1,000 for it, whatever the deal is. And he sold the animal, and he doesn't know from skin or not. He sold the animal. So therefore, as far as he's concerned, he sold the animal. What is the skin? The skin is a gift. Therefore, the skin becomes ordinary produce. However, what if there was a case where the animal skin, the hide, was worth more than the meat? It could be sometimes that the 
Animal hide is a high-quality source of whatever you're going to make from it, leather or what have you, and it's worth more than the meat. I'm sorry, even if it was worth more, because this is a lay person, salesman, and as far as he's concerned, he didn't think about the animal hide. He was selling meat. So the animal hide is just a secondary issue, which becomes everyday money. So the person can do whatever he wants with the animal hide. However, another scenario, the buyer buys from the seller, who is a professional animal salesman. This professional knows that animal hide has value. Then he had in mind when he set the price for the animal, what the value of the animal hide would be. And therefore it's part of the purchase. So it takes on the sanctity of the money with which it was purchased, which is my Sashani money. So therefore... The animal hide has now become sacred, like my sashani. Now, what are you going to do with animal hide? You can't eat it, you can't drink it, and you can't anoint yourself with it. The only thing you can do is what we learned in the end of the, in the last chapter. You can eat produce for the same amount of money against it in Jerusalem, so that the produce you're going to eat takes on the sanctity of the value of the animal hide. A similar scenario, the same question applies when a seller sells wine to a buyer in jugs. What are the jugs? Are the jugs... Meiser Shani, or are the jugs ordinary value items? So if somebody buys sealed wine from a place where it's usually sold in a sealed condition, Mimisha Enatagra from a non-professional wine salesman, wine merchant, then all he's doing is selling wine. He's not thinking about jugs. The jugs are incidental to him, so he gave them as a gift. Then the jugs become ordinary items in the ownership of the purchaser, and they don't take on the sanctity of my sashani. Therefore, in order to make sure that the seller only has in mind to sell the wine and not the jugs, the best thing is, is if the seller opens or unseals the seals on the jugs. That way, he's clearly demonstrating that he's selling the liquid and not the jugs. So therefore, one can perhaps conclude that the jugs are incidental, and therefore they could become non Shani items. Certainly if the seller wants to go the extra mile and sell it by volume rather than by jug, he's not telling him, I'm selling you 12 jugs, but I'm selling you so many and so many ounces, or so many and so many quarts, 
or gallons, yatzah kan kan lechulim. Then clearly, the jug is secondary, is of no meaning, no value, and therefore, it does not take on the sanctity of Masasheni. But if it does, then you have to eat its equivalent in other produce to take on the sanctity of the jugs or the pitchers. He keeps switching back here between the language of uh, pitcher and jugs. Kankan, or bottles and jugs. Gimel, because that's what the language that the Mishnah uses. What if he purchased these jugs or pitchers of wine, bottles of wine, open or closed in a place where it's sold, usually open, or better yet, he purchased it from a merchant. He went to the Herzog winery. They know what they're doing. They are merchants, so they know exactly what they're doing. And when the merchant sells you wine in a jug or a bottle or a pitcher that has value, then it intends to give you the pitcher as well for the value. In that case, you've purchased the jug or the pitcher or the bottle with my sashani money. So the jug takes on the sanctity of Masasheni. And that's the issue in these paragraphs. Along the same lines, If somebody purchases baskets of figs or baskets of grapes, and it has a designer container, a designer basket. So the question is, does this designer basket, which you can turn around and use for other things, does it have the sanctity of my sashani? The answer is yes. The value of the basket does not become ordinary produce, ordinary items, but it has this sanctity of my sashani. So therefore, what do you have to do? You have to establish a value and eat produce against it in order for you to be able to acquire it for your everyday, ordinary usage. And that's the methodology we used here as established in the last chapter. Along the same lines, what if somebody purchased nuts or almonds or anything of the like? What about the nut shells? What about the almond shells? Sometimes they have value. Does that take on the sanctity of my sashani or is it regular everyday Produce, items. Yatsu klipas on the chulun. In this case, they are worth so little, if anything, and they're part of the nut. Nobody intends to sell you the shell separately. So therefore, it's subservient to the nut, and it has no value, so it's everyday produce. Along the same lines, if somebody buys a frond of dates, meaning the dates together with the branches from which they are suspended. That's called a frond of dates. And the frond has value. It becomes everyday item. If somebody purchased a basket 
of a container of dates, im drusais, if this container is pressed dates, it's filled with pressed dates, yatsuakopas lachun, then it becomes everyday ordinary money because there's no other way you can sell pressed dates except in a container. And if not, does not become everyday ordinary produce. And again, this is the debate back and forth. Does this container, jug, barrel, what have you, take on the sanctity of Maishashini? If it does, you have to eat produce against its value in order to redeem it for ordinary produce. If it doesn't have value... If it's just a subservient issue, item, then it's a non-issue and it takes on the identity of ordinary produce. Hey, Misha, if somebody had Maishashini wine, you know, nowadays in California, there's this thing where stores sometimes encourage you to bring your own bags so that you don't uh, waste uh, paper or plastic or ruin the ecology or what have you. Somebody had wine of Maishashini, and he had jugs, which he devoted to that wine. He took his own jugs. He, I guess he went and with, with his own jugs to purchase them. Now the question is, these are his jugs and his wine, but he bought my Sashani wine with my Sashani money. The question is, have the jugs become so nullified to the wine that they took on the sanctity of the wine, even though he sealed them? The sanctity of the miser, the miser did not acquire the jugs, so that after the deal is done, he can take his jugs back for his everyday business. He can put Kool-Aid in it. But if he just filled them with wine, if he pronounced this, we are so miser, and he made it miser, actually saw some SPM before he sealed them, then being that that was done before the sealing, before the sealing process, then the miser does not acquire the jugs as sacred. But if he waited until he sealed his jugs and he said, yes, this is Meister, then then the Meister also acquired his own jugs. So now in order for him to utilize his jugs for anything else, he has to eat produce corresponding to the value of the jugs as Meister Shani in order for him to acquire as ordinary items his own jugs. If however, if he put a quarter of a log, a minimum measure of everyday produce, wine, or what have you, first he put ordinary wine, or he put some oil, a chemis or vinegar, or tzir or brine, a dvash or honey. Shall Maishasheni stam of plain Maishasheni, ben Mishasosam, ben Achalesosam. Whether he did it after sealing it or not, again, the scenario is he placed a quarter of a log of regular produce, or he put oil, vinegar, brine, honey of Maishasheni stam. I believe that means doing it without making any announcements. Bei Misha Sosam, Bei Nachale Sosam. Whether it was before he sealed it or not, like Kona Maishasha Kankan, and because of this, 
the sanctity of the Maishasheni does not acquire the jugs, as he says here, because in contrast to wine and its containers, the containers of these liquids are not necessary for the liquid itself and are always considered as separate from them, say the commentaries. Vov. Moving right along, Tzvi, a deer, Shalokhai or Shalkochai Bechesab Masasheni. Remember, a deer is a kosher animal. There's no reason the Jew cannot purchase a deer in Jerusalem with Masasheni money. It can never be brought as a sacrifice. So he just has a shochet come, slaughter the deer. He has a butcher butcher it, and then he has a venison dinner in his hotel. The problem with this particular deer is it didn't make it. Well, Mace, the deer died. The poor deer died. What do you do now? You have a dead Meisersheni deer. Ordinarily, what happens when a deer dies? You sell it for non-kosher, or you feed it to the dogs, you use the deer hide. A lot, a lot of stuff to do with a dead deer. Even if you keep kosher and the deer died on its own. But in this case, it's Meisersheni. It's holy. You cover The only thing you could do is have it buried in its hide. What if he purchased it alive, and he slaughtered it, and along the way it became defiled. So now you have defiled Masasheni, which may not be eaten. Very simple. Then you redeem it like any other produce which became defiled, and the sanctity is transferred to the redemption. And you go ahead and eat it, or, or somebody eats it, in a state of defilement. Another scenario, if somebody sets aside a dinar, a coin, a silver coin, and he says, I'm going to eat produce against this coin until it becomes everyday currency. He has a valuable coin. Let's say his coin is worth $10, or whatever it is. He says, here's the coin. This is my regular money. I'm going to eat my produce. I'm sorry. Here's the coin. This is my Sersheni money. I'm going to eat regular produce corresponding to the value of this money, little by little, until I have exchanged the value of this coin for the produce which I consumed, so now the coin becomes ordinary money. But he does it little by little. Let's look, do, let's look at this again. Hameniach diner. He takes a diner of my sersheni. Lies echel connecta, and his plan is he'll eat little by little regular ordinary produce against it, meaning to be a redemption process, because as he eats the produce in sanctity, it can become subtracted from the dinar. So what's the problem? It sounds like a pretty simple scenario. The problem is, is that currency values fluctuate. Especially in a case where this dinar is silver. Silver can go up and down in, in, in a second, in seconds. We know in our world, gold fluctuates like crazy. Silver fluctuates like crazy. So, at first, the dinar was worth 20 mo'o. It's like in the olden days when a dollar was worth something. A dollar is worth 20 nickels. 
The dinar could be worth 20 more. He consumed produce against this Meister Shane dinar for half the amount, 10 more. Suddenly, the value of money dropped. Now, in order to buy a dinner, you need 40 more. He has to consume another 20 more, half. And then it becomes ordinary. In other words, he already consumed half, which at that time was less, was 10. And now that the price changed, he has to consume another half, which today is 20. Or, what if the moist became more expensive, more valuable? And today a dinner becomes 10 more because the more has greater value. Let's say in our world, the price of nickel shoots up, where suddenly nickel becomes very valuable. So he has to again consume half, which is five, and then this dinner could become everyday produce. Zion seven. What if he buys produce with a seller of miser money? A seller was that enhanced shekel during the Besamigdash time. Later, and now what happened is, as he purchased produce for a seller of Meisersheni currency, he took the produce, he drew the produce close to him, and he didn't pay, actually didn't hand over the seller, until the produce became more expensive, and now that same produce is twice the amount, two sellers. Now here there is a problem. Let me give you a little bit of an introduction to what we're about to learn here. Ordinarily, and we learned this earlier, and we will learn it in great detail later, in the laws of selling and buying. Ordinarily in Jewish law, what acquires an item... How does a buyer acquire an item from a seller? Not by paying for it. In Jewish law, a buyer acquires an item by meshicha, by drawing it close to him, by taking possession of it. Whether you paid for it or not, that's irrelevant. If you didn't pay, you owe the money. If you did pay and you didn't yet acquire it, the seller can change his mind. He may not be the greatest tzaddik in the world. Sometimes our sages say we need to do for this fellow the opposite of a mishabeirach. Mishabeirach means he who blessed Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. May he bless you. Mishapore is he who cursed all the bad guys in the Bible. May he curse you. So the fact is, curse shmurse, but I keep the money. So that is... General halacha is, it has to do with taking possession. You took possession, it's yours. You didn't take possession, it's not yours. Meiser Shani has a different element to it. In Meiser Shani, there's a redemption process. What are we redeeming? 
Produce for money. Money for produce. It's about the money. Show me the money. That's my Sosheni. So that's why these laws come into play. Let's learn again. Zion 7, If somebody is purchasing produce with money of Meiser, Sheini, or Moshe he drew the produce toward him, which means he acquired it, but but he didn't pay the seller. <clears throat> now the produce is more expensive. And it requires for the same amount of produce, two sellers. All you need to do is give one seller. As it says, He has to give the money and it belongs to him. It's the money that acquires in Meiser Sheni. And the profit is realized by the Meiser Sheni because it's all about giving the money. But But if he made the Meshicha of produce for two Sloim, he didn't pay the money, and the price of the produce went down. The only has to pay one seller. He has to pay the second seller from his ordinary money. And give it to the seller. And if the seller was an unlearned man, he could use the demai funds of my sashini because that's for. Meiser of unlearned people. If he gives a Meiser, and he doesn't acquire the produce until the price doubled, what he redeemed is redeemed. Because the money was given. And then they can fight about it and do court cases and they can even do a Mishapora if they need to. But the money has acquired it. What if he gives him two slayim of money from my service? But he didn't take possession of the produce until it, the value is back to a seller. What's redeemed is redeemed. Let them fight about the money. Because my sashani is different. Unlike all other selling and buying in Torah, Pidiyosi. The redemption process is the taking possession process. Next scenario, if somebody had ordinary produce in Jerusalem. He has ordinary produce. He bought in Ralph's. And he realized that he has money in Tel Aviv. Outside of Yerushalayim. Aimeri can actually say, He's in Jerusalem. He has produce in Jerusalem. The money is somewhere else. He could say the money, which is somewhere else, is being exchanged remotely by my statement. So now he has my Sashani produce. In Jerusalem, he has to eat it in a state of purity. What about the money, which was my Sashani money, sitting in his safe in Tel Aviv? That money becomes ordinary money. 
What's the chidush here? What's the contribution here? The money and the produce don't have to be in the same location. Vice versa, he had funds of second tithe money in Jerusalem. And he owns produce outside of Jerusalem. And he needs the money, but the money is holy. But he wants to use it for business, for everyday stuff. Amen, he says, You know what? I'm going to affect a redemption from these funds to my produce that's in Tel Aviv. And by that process, the money is now ordinary money. He can use it for whatever he wants to. And now his obligation is to bring the produce up and have it eaten in Jerusalem. Bottom line of these two paragraphs, Shein etzorech, lies hamos v'apedes b'mokam echad, at the time of the redemption process, the money and the produce do not have to be in one location. What if somebody has miser funds in Jerusalem and he needs it for other purposes? So how can he transform these holy Maishasheni funds to everyday, ordinary funds. Ah! He thought of something. He has a good friend who is sitting with produce in Jerusalem. Regular, ordinary produce. He, brought in the, he bought in the food store. He bought in the makolet. So this fellow who's trying to redeem his Maishasheni money so he could use it for whatever he needs, it says to his good friend who's sitting there with produce of the same value, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. My Maishasheni money, I'm going to exchange and redeem them for your produce. So now your produce is holy, my money is ordinary. Suddenly, those, that produce was acquired with miser money. The only problem is that the produce is not his. It belongs to his friend. That's okay. The friend should eat them in a state of purity. And nobody lost anything. And that's way the that in that way the funds which he desperately needs could become ordinary funds because he transformed he transferred the sanctity to the other guy's produce. Yud When can this work? When the owner of the produce, his good buddy, who's sitting there with the produce, is a learned man who knows how to deal with the sanctity of Miser. We learned extensively earlier that Miser has many laws attached to it and an unlearned person cannot be trusted by a learned person to deal with it properly. So this learned man who has the money can't transfer his, the sanctity of his Miser to the produce of an unlearned man. We learned earlier, you cannot take certain sacred produce and give it 
only to a learned man. You can't give it to an unlearned person who will probably defile it. Lafikah, therefore, if these were real Meister Shani funds, and the guy who has the produce is not a learned man, Houston, we got a problem. But but if the money was the my money, the money was uncertain money. The money was money of Meister Shani of an unlearned man who made the sale to the learned guy. Then it's fine. Because it's unlearned money to unlearned produce. So it's a good trade. The, the, the produce is owned by an unlearned man, and the money came from a process with an unlearned man. And we don't have to suspect maybe this is 100% Maishashani. It has nothing to do with the situation of Demai, which we learned earlier. When somebody has a coin, a valuable coin, and he sets it aside and he says, this, my Sershani coin, I'm going to take my own money and purchase produce little by little until I consume the diner's worth, and then the diner will have been redeemed. He's in Jerusalem. He wants his dinar to become non-Maishashani, so slowly every day he spends some money, buys some produce, and eats it as Maishashani. How much does he have to consume? Obviously a dinar's worth. As soon as he's close, where what's left in the dinar is under a pruta, he's done. When does this leniency apply? Michel Demai. If it's Demai money, uncertain. But Michel Vada, if it's certain Masashani money, then the application is more strict, more severe. It does not become ordinary. This dinner, we actually learned this earlier, that should you have to add the fifth, the fifth would be under a puta. Again, for example, which would mean that what has to be left in the dinner is less than four-fifths of a pruta. An interesting law, what if you have in Jerusalem impure people and pure people, but they're not touching each other, and their food is not touching each other, they're sitting on a long table and having food at the same time. Now, those who are pure, who are allowed to consume Maishashani money, they would like that whatever they're eating should go towards the value of their Maishashani currency. How do you do that? You can actually take a sela, which is a large coin, of second tithe money, and you can say, this coin is a sponsorship of this meal. Whatever those who are in a state of ritual purity are eating and drinking, this sela will be redeemed against it will be traded against it. And now that Selah, which was my Sashani currency, goes and becomes ordinary currency. Because they ate and drank its value in a state of purity. 
even though there were people next to them, not far from them, eating in a state of impurity. Or Bilvat, needless to say, this can only work. If the impure will not touch the food, so that they not defile it. End of chapter 8.